You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. All right, I'm going to cover a very important uh, subject here this evening. So uh, let's start out. Uh, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. If you want to be wise, live in the Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16. 16, 16. Tonight we're going to speak a lot on the subject of humility. And I remember here a couple years ago, I was sitting up here, it was a Wednesday night, and I looked down, and I had two different pairs of shoes on. I'm like, I cannot believe I got two different shoes on. I was hoping no one would see. Now I'm sitting up here tonight, and I look, and I don't know if you can tell the difference, but I grabbed the wrong suit coat. It doesn't match my pants. <laughs> you didn't even notice, did you? No, Nobody noticed till I pointed it out, huh? Good. Oh, boy. I'm going to have to have my wife start dressing me. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold? There was no amens on that statement there. You didn't say a word. No one even smiled. No one nodded their head. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold? And to get understanding rather than to be, uh, to be chosen than silver. The highway, what highway are you on? The highway of the upright is depart from evil he that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. Better is it to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Heavenly Father, I pray you would bless the teaching and the preaching and the application of your word tonight as we just pause to ponder and consider what it is that you look for in a leader. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Ben, a couple weeks, has been dealing with the issue of leadership. And he's been doing a great job talking about the principles of leadership, and he's going to come back to that a little bit later. But as I was thinking about leadership this came to my mind. What does God look for in a leader? I know what man looks for in a leader, but what does God look for in a leader? And that's what we want to consider tonight. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, and then he said, this is a sad statement, is it? I found what? God didn't find the man he was looking for. A man that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge as the enemy came in like a flood. Well, do we see the enemy coming in like a flood today? 
Well, God is looking for a man, and he's looking for a woman. What kind of man and what kind of woman is God looking for that will take leadership and say it stops here? That's what we want to consider here tonight. Remember 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. We'll come back to this text here a little bit later. The Bible says, For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the, what church? He looks on the heart. So he doesn't look for the things that we look for. He doesn't look for the qualities that we look for. We say, boy, he would be a great leader or she would be a great leader. But God looks past the outward and he looks at the what? Heart. The heart is what it's all about, isn't it? My dad always would emphasize to me as I was entering into ministry, Dan, a message prepared in the mind will touch a mind. A message prepared in the heart will touch a heart. And he said, Danny, always preach from your heart. Always preach from your heart. Listen, if we're going to be stirred, we need to be stirred right here in our hearts. And we need to come with humble hearts, open hearts to what the Lord has to say to us. So as I was considering, what does God look for in a leader? And let's say what God looks for in every individual is he looks for the least. That's not what we look for. We don't look for the least. We look for the top dog. The estimation of my prestige. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. Most of us could quote this. We present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't see things as the world sees them. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, and I highlighted this. Let's read it together. Ready? To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Let me tell you something. Pride runs deeply in the heart of every single one of us here. There is not a person in this room or listening to us online that doesn't struggle with pride. Do you know this, that all sin stems from pride? We can go back to the Garden of Eden and we can discover that. This is, a, this is a very serious issue that I'm dealing with here tonight. The pride of life. Let's talk about Gideon here for a moment. Remember when the angel came to him and told him what God would have him to do to become the leader and liberate the nation of Israel? Listen to what Gideon said. And he said unto him, O oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is what? We look for the rich. God looks for the, he seeth not as man seeth. Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least. I am the least. I am the least in my father's house. And God said, that's exactly the person I'm looking for. Isn't that interesting? That's the man who sees himself as the least. God can't use those who see themselves as the most, but as the least. Let's talk about King Saul. 
We'll talk about him a little bit later and what happened to him. But at this moment, and Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjaminite of the what? Smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family is the the what? The least of all the families of the tribes of Benjamin. Wherefore then speakest thou so to me? Samuel, seriously? Remember, later we're going to get to this passage where Samuel said, when you were little in your own sight, God made you the head of the tribes of Israel. And we're going to find out what happened to Saul as pride lifted up his heart here tonight. So we, we go back, we have Gideon, we got Saul. God says, that's exactly the men that I'm looking for, those who see themselves as the least. Let's talk about Paul. For I am the I am the least. I am the least of the apostles that I am not meet. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. The least. But that man became the greatest of all the apostles. Saw himself as the least. We know that the other disciples, they had some arguments going. What were their arguments about? Who was going to be the greatest? But God used the man who saw himself as the least to do the greatest work. So interesting. Let's talk about the prodigal son. We mentioned him on Sunday. As a matter of fact, Jim talked to me after Sunday. Jim's a pig farmer, so he's got some insight into this. And so I went back and looked at this passage of Scripture. As a matter of fact, I read it several times. And I think your idea of what happened and my idea are the same. I think you could see them both there. But the product, remember how the prodigal son, you know, very prideful and spent his riotous living, feeding the swine. And it says this, he feigned to eat the husk. It doesn't say that he ate the husk. It says he does, that word feign me, he strongly desired. He wanted to eat the husk because he was starving to death. See, God had to do a work in that young man's life. God had to bring him to a place of humility before God could use him. So let's see what this says. He says, And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired what? And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a, a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion upon him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I have sinned. He made himself the least. I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Now God says, now that's a young man I can use. He now sees himself as the least. Here's another one with Jesus. And we're going to, several times Jesus used children as an illustration of humility. Kids are so awesome, aren't they? I just love kids. They're amazing. And he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is, here it comes again, what? Least. Le now watch this. He that is least among you all, Maybe Jesus was a little southern there. You think that? Sounds like he's a little southern, don't you all? That is least among you all, the same shall be what? Great. So those who are least will be what? Will be great. 
Hmm. The least, those who see themselves as the least, qualify for special benefits when it comes to Christ's reign in his kingdom. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations. It's called the judgment of the nations. And he shall separate them one from another. A shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats and he shall set the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. This is now who's going to come into his earthly kingdom. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And the king shall answer and say unto them, These are those that are able to come in to the millennial kingdom. Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. To do it unto the least means that you even fall under the least. And he promises great reward. Revelation 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. That's the tribulation saints that gave their life for Christ because they wouldn't take the mark. And for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, the Antichrist, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ. What? A thousand years. What a, what a privilege to rule and reign with Christ in his kingdom. Daniel talks about this. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and preserve the kingdom forever, even forever and ever in the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. What a day that that will be. Revelation 22, verse 3. And there shall be no more curse... Hallelujah. But the throne of God and the Lamb of God shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and there no need of candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall, what? Reign forever and ever. If you want to reign, then you need to be the what? You need to be the least. And there were also strife. We talked about the disciples, the argument that would always spring up. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest, the greatest in the kingdom. And he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the what? Younger. And he that is chief, as he that doth what? Again, making yourself the least. They were trying to make themselves the greatest. But our goal should be making ourselves the least. You know, as I was just meditating really seriously upon this today, I thought, do you know how many church splits this would stop? 
if we would all consider ourselves the least, I dare say it would stop almost 99.9% of all the church splits that we see happening. The least, the Bible says, shall be the greatest. Who is that a picture of there? John the Baptist. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater than the prophet, than John the Baptist. But he that is, here's the word, what? Least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. It's unbelievable, that statement. There wasn't a greater man born than John the Baptist, but those who are least are even greater than he is in the kingdom. So God looks for the what? The least. Now we're going to see that he looks for the littlest. That's usually not what we look for is the littlest, do we? But that's the estimation of one's power. He looks for the least. He looks for the littlest. Let's talk about the nation of Israel. Why did God choose the nation of Israel? Could have chosen any nation. So why did he choose the nation of Israel to bless? Well, he tells us. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than, than any of people. For ye were the what? Fewest of all the people. Do you know what? God loves to glorify himself through the fewest. The least, the littlest, or the fewest. Bethlehem. But thou, O Bethlehem, Ephraim, though thou be, what? Little. Little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. Why did God choose Bethlehem to where the Savior would be born? Why? They were the littlest. They were the littlest. Israel was the fewest. They were the littlest. Let's go back to Saul. Why did God choose Saul? And Samuel said, when thou wast little. Remember when he considered himself the least? I'm not, I'm not worthy to be the king of Israel. I come from the least. And Samuel said, when thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? The little children. Jesus uses them as an example over and over again. And the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, he shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, some of you are falling asleep on me here. I know this is redundant. That's how I preach. You ever notice that over all these years? I just get a point and I throw as much scripture at it as I can over and over again. But listen, we need to get this concept. We need to get this truth. This is a doctrine of Scripture. 
that we really need to get into us and then live accordingly. Here he is addressing the disciples again about the little children. Little. God looks for the least. He looks for the little. Little children. Yet a little while I am with you. Now, would you like to be addressed as a little child? How would you like it if every Sunday I stood up here and said, now little children. Be honest with me. How would you feel? You'd feel put down, wouldn't you? How dare pastor stand up there and call us little children? What do you think Jesus was trying to get across to his disciples? You need to be the least and you need to see yourself as the littlest. He's putting them on the same level of the children. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you but addresses them as little children. He looks for the least. He looks for the littlest. Now we're going to see that God looks for the? The what? The last. He looks, same with me, he looks for the least. He looks for the littlest. Now he looks for the last. That's the estimation of my physician. Seems like everyone wants to be the first. You see that when it's time to go through the uh, fellowship line, right? Everybody wants to run to the front of the line, want to be the first instead of the last. Well, that showed up pretty dark there. But there is Samuel anointing who? David. 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 What do we have? The last. The least? The littlest? And the last? Let's see what this passage of Scripture says. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. Who had the Lord refused? King Saul. Why did the Lord refuse? First of all, God anointed him because he saw himself as the least and as the littlest. But now pride had lifted up his heart and he became disqualified because when pride enters into a person's heart, they become disobedient to the Lord. So Saul had become disobedient to the Lord out of his pride. You know the story, I don't have time to go into that. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance nor on the height of his stature because I have refused him. Now, I do have to mention this. Samuel and Saul were really tight. Saul's heart was broken when he had to go and tell Saul that God had rejected him now from being king. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. So Samuel went to the home of Jesse under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Jesse had how many sons to pass before Samuel? Seven sons. Starting with the oldest, going down to the youngest. And um, I'm sure there was ones that Saul looked and said, Boy, that, that boy, he is the next one. 
On every one, what did God say? No. No, no, no. So all the boys go by. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him. And we will not set down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. That's the man. God looks for the what? The least. God looks for the? God looks for the? The last. Hmm. The apostles. The apostle Paul. For I think that God hath set, for, uh, set forth us, the apostles, what? Last. As it were appointed to death. How many of the apostles died a martyr's death? How many? All but one. Of course, that's a picture there of Peter being crucified upside down because he refused to be crucified in the same manner of his Lord. As it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. But we were last. God looks for the least. God looks for the God looks for the Well, you're getting that down. The teachings of Jesus. But many that shall be, many that shall be, should be first. As many as shall be last, and the last shall be, the last shall be first. The last. God looks for the, what? Least. The, the, For if there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in, here we go, what? Lowliness of mind. This is a, this is a hard teaching. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than what? Themselves. Truthfully, is that how you view life? God looks for the? Looks for the? Looks for the? Oh, the Pharisees and and the scribes. Jesus said the scribes and the Pharisees love the uttermost rooms at feast and the chief seats in the synagogue, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But ye shall not be called Rabbi, teacher, master, teacher. For one is your master, even Christ. And all ye are brethren, and call no man your father upon the earth. That's a, that's a, that's a good verse for the Roman Catholics. And call no man your father upon the earth, 
for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Now, I think all of you know I'm a Trump supporter. I believe that he should have been our next president. I appreciate Mr. Trump and his policies. But you know why half of the United States has turned against Mr. Trump? Because he did not see himself as the, the, or the, that's the reason. It would have been completely different if he would not have been a narcissist and he would have been a humble man. We have seen this played out before our eyes right here in our nation. Pride goeth before what? And a haughty spirit before a fall. Let's read these verses together. Are you ready? When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. He shall not be unpunished. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall upright the humble in spirit. Oh, sorry. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope for a fool than of him. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Never allow your heart to be lifted up with pride. God reacts to it. And so do others. If you're going to be a great leader, I mean, you can apply all the principles that Ben has been teaching and is going to be teaching about leadership. But unless you see yourself, what? The and the. You'll never be a great leader. Never. Solomon. When he began, was he very humble before the Lord? 
Remember, the only thing he asked for was what? Wisdom. Wisdom. But his heart was lifted up with pride, and he got to the point in his life where he said, vanity, vanity, all is what? Vanity. And then he says this, I hated my life. Why? Because he allowed pride to lift up his heart. Saul, when thou wast little in thine own eyes. But then Samuel had to say, but God has rejected thee. And remember, remember how he begged Samuel, give me your blessing, give me your blessing, give me your blessing. Samuel had to say, I can't. God has rejected you. Nebuchadnezzar, I love the Nebuchadnezzar story. But now I know that there is a God in heaven. And those who walk in pride, he is able to abase. Uzziah. When did Uzziah become king? Does anybody remember? When he was 16 years old. And he, this was a 16-year-old boy that walked with God. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But, but this is what the Bible says. His heart, because he became very successful. But his heart was lifted up with pride to his own destruction. And is there anyone that remembers what happened to him at the end of his life to humble him before the Lord? What? But what happened to him? He got leprosy. God smote him with leprosy and he had to isolate himself for the rest of his life. It didn't have to be that way. For any of these men, it didn't have to be that way. The disciples... What did Jesus say? You want to be great in the kingdom? Stop fighting over who's going to be great and start washing people's feet. Wow. The problem with all these men is they stop seeing themselves as what? The and the those who walk in pride. He is able to abase. Let's read this verse together. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. But if you lift up yourself, what will God do? He will bring you down. We see it all the time. We see it in the church, we see it in the home. We see it in the schools. We see it in government. We see it all the time. There is a governor right now in the state of New York who is experiencing this very thing. Andrew Cuomo did not see himself as the least 
the littlest and the last. Here was a man that lifted up himself in pride and God has knocked him down. You know, it's one thing to humble ourselves. It's another thing when God has to do it. Better to do it ourselves than have the Lord do it. Well, I want to share with you 12 ways that we can see ourselves as the least, the and the number one. This is, this is humility. To confess and repent of your sin to God. I think that's really where it starts. We're all sinners. We sin by choice. We sin by, some say we sin by birth. We sin by nature. We sin by choice. But to confess and repent of our sin to God. Then acknowledge your sin to others and seek their forgiveness. I always find that that's a little bit more difficult than getting right with God is getting right with someone else. It's, it's really hard to humble yourself and to say, this, this is what I always teach folks. I've taught this to my children. I've taught this when people come in for counseling and there's relational issues. You need to go and say, I was wrong. That is really hard to do. I was wrong for, whatever the for is, but I was wrong for, will you please forgive me? Getting right with God, not so hard. Getting right with others, much more difficult. And then a lot of times we don't know whether they will forgive us or not. But as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. When, when you are wronged, we're to take it patiently, just like the Lord took it. He did not revile back. But it's hard. When, you're, when you are wrong, it is hard not to react in pride. But take it patiently. Number four, actively submit to authority. Even authorities that are good and bad. Not only to the gentle, but also to the forward. But submit to God-given authority. Just stop and think about the authorities you have over your life. Receive correction. How many of you here like to be corrected? No, no, none of us do. But we receive correction and feedback from others graciously. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'll do my best to improve in that. Number six. Except the what? Lowly place. Don't fight for the best seats. No one, no one fights for the best seats in church. I'll tell you that right now. I'll fight for the back seats. Don't always fight to be the first one in line or the one to be served. Take the low, let, let, let others go first. Purposely associate with people of lower estate than yourself. Usually the world thinks this way. I need to associate. Guys, come on. This is not joking, laughing, talking time. What I'm teaching tonight, it's, this is serious stuff. Your success in life depends on this. 
purpose to associate with people of lower state than you are. The world's thinking is, man, I need, I need to associate with the up-and-uppers. You know, if I can just get in with the higher echelon. This goes back to God's ways are not what? They're not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. I think a lot of this whole contrary teaching is based on the internet, social media, YouTube videos, and all that that just feeds pride. Just feeds it. Number eight, choose to serve others. Don't stand around waiting until all the work is done. Get your hands dirty. Get in there and serve. Be quick to forgive. A humble person will be quick to forgive. A prideful person will just resist that. Number 10, cultivate a grateful spirit. Better than what? I deserve. What really do we deserve? So let's be grateful for all that the Lord has done for us. Number 11, purpose to speak well of others. Oh, it's easy to gossip, isn't it? Easy to put others down, kind of makes us feel a little bit better. But speak well of others. And if you can't speak well of someone, don't say it. Just keep your mouth shut. And number 12, commit to a lifestyle of daily dying to self. Not my will, but thine be done. I die daily. If we will go back and just look at these. These are really something that should be not only written in our hearts, but probably written in the flyleaf of our Bible. So I really hope that some of you who don't take notes, I wish more of you would take notes. I think you'd get more out of the messages because then you could take them and you could go back over them. So I really wish more of you would take notes, but it's okay. Um, but you can go back online and this, this message will be there and I would really encourage you to download these 12 steps of seeing yourself as the... Oh, we're a little slow there. We kind of forgot what that first one was now. As the what? Least, the... And the last. I want to end with this slide. <clears throat> I can't believe I'm going to get done before 8 o'clock. I'm kind of prideful about that. <laughs> it is a miracle, isn't it? I can stretch this thing out, though. I know other things. I this out. But here's a couple verses, the end of, matter of fact, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians was a book of correction. What was the main issue among the Corinthian believers? Worldliness. Carnality. Why? Because of their pride. The Apostle Paul was always dealing with their pride and their worldliness. 
And so when he gets to the end of his epistle, these are the last words that he says. And I believe they really are five qualities of a great leader. He says, watch. Be alert. Watch out for spiritual dangers. There, there's traps everywhere. There's snares everywhere. Trip you up. He said, watch. Stand fast in the faith. Have convictions. Sunday, I'm going to talk a little bit about compromise. I can't wait for Sunday. We're going to start this. Ben has given me 35 minutes. So Sunday, we're going to talk about why am I a Baptist? We're going to go back into Baptist history. Where did we come from? Most Baptists don't even know why they're Baptist. Probably if I asked you to write down, why are you a Baptist, you'd go, because I go to a Baptist church. Why are we a Baptist? Okay. We're then going to talk about uh, why, why are we a fundamental Baptist? Why are you a fundamentalist? Because uh, pastor is a fundamentalist? And then we're going to talk about why we are independent Baptist. Why are we Baptist? Why are we fundamental Baptist? Why are we independent Baptist? So... I only got 35 minutes Sunday morning, but Sunday night I will finish the message. And he's put no limit on me for Sunday night. But one thing we're going to find out about Baptists is they always stood and fought for the faith. It's a, it's a, it's a great history, the Baptist church and the Anabaptist. Well, we'll get into that Sunday. But watch now, stand fast in the faith. Quit you. Act like men. Grow up. And then he said, be strong. I got a question. Can you be humble? Can you see yourself as the least, the littlest, and the last and still be strong? Absolutely. Those who see themselves that way, I believe they're the strongest. And then the next verse, he said, let all things be done with charity. That's where the balance comes in. Watch, stand fast in the faith, act like men, be men, be strong, but make sure you're loving in everything that you do. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.